We're throwing off the filters of tradition and culture to discover what the Bible really says about relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Welcome to this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Welcome, I'm Julie Sedanko, and today I'm here with Jennifer, a Conquer member for the last seven years. I recently was helping monitor a Conquer coaching call and saw a comment made by Jennifer that honestly, it was so exciting and encouraging that I just had to have her on the program. And I hunted down her email address and found her and am very grateful, Jennifer, that you have agreed to be on the program today and share your exciting story. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. My passion in life has been to not only become strong and brave, but also to encourage other women that are not trapped in a destructive relationship, but caught up where they feel that they're caught in a web of it. It's very difficult to walk out of it where you're a whole person on the other side. And so that's my pleasure to be here today is to encourage other women. Can you tell me, are you currently married? Do you have children? Just give us a little bit of an idea on your history and where you're at today. My history is uh, my first marriage was for 17 years. And um, I divorced him based off of um, just 17 years of the abuse cycle. Um, Really, really tried. Um, there was always that expectation of forgiveness. Eventually, God led me to a place where this is not safe for me or my kids to stay in this situation anymore. So I divorced and I remarried uh, sooner than than later. And um, there was quite a bit of love bombing. I thought this was the perfect marriage. I'd married a local businessman. He was uh, well looked at in our church, in Bible school, studying to become a pastor, ministry driven, and um, everything looked right until uh, I realized that uh, abuse can happen financially as well. And there yes. was a lot of deceit on that end. So I have been divorced from my second marriage since 2017. It's interesting to me because Leslie was just recently talking about how easy it is sometimes after you've been divorced to be wooed by love bombing because you've been through so much pain and trauma and a man comes in and he's kind of saying those things that you, you so long to hear from your former husband and uh, kind of acts like a rescuer. I don't know if that was your situation, but it sounds somewhat like maybe it was. Well, there's definitely rescuing going involved in that. I think the biggest piece in that is you go from a marriage of 17 years plus two years of dating into what is normal, what is healthy. Mm. And then all of a sudden, You've got someone in your life that it wants to laugh, wants to have fun, appears to be very, very peaceable, appears to be a very great parent, um, a great teacher, all of these great things. 
But part of that is you don't know what healthy looks like. That's such a good point. And I think it's so important. That's one of the reasons I think conquer is so important is to help women, whether they're staying in a marriage or leaving a marriage to learn what healthy looks like to become healthy themselves. Uh, At what point did you find conquer? Was it Um, after you were divorced from your second husband? Yes. A little bit before conquer. I came across Leslie's book, The Emotionally Destructive Relationships in 2008. I had to, for the safety of my children and myself, I packed up my kids, my office and my dog, and I moved three states away. It was a very loving way of saying to my husband at the time, I can't live this way. Will you please get help? And I'm open to reconciling. And during that time, I read about the emotionally destructive relationship. That was 2008. In 2016, which is when I came across Conquer, I started realizing how unhealthy my second marriage was because I kept discovering financial deceit. By the by the grace of God, I would find out, you know, I there's the credit card opened here, one there, or my credit had been extended beyond its limit without knowing all the details of it. It was, it was very deceptive. And so I started looking into her, the emotionally destructive marriage. And I was Googling her website and that's how I came across Conquer. Um, It opened up, you know, they only open up twice a year and I had my foot in the door as fast as I could. Go back to maybe describing a little bit of some of the abuse that you experienced in your first marriage. And and then we can talk about your second marriage because they were completely different types of abuse. 100%. Um, In my first marriage, you know, I, I was raised in a godly home. My parents truly, truly loved each other for 49 years. Um, I didn't realize that fathers treat their daughters differently than husbands treat their wives. I went into a marriage thinking I would be treated like my father treated my mother, as well as my father-in-law treated my mother-in-law. And I thought that the explosions of anger and the fighting between us was, I just thought that that was how people express their anger. My parents never fought like that. So I thought, well, maybe this is just how some people express their anger. And um, throughout our marriage, it turned into a lot of walking on eggshells. There was, you know, the abuse cycle that we talk about in Conquer. You know, I didn't realize, but towards the end of the marriage, I was literally putting on calendars when the explosions would take place. My goodness. And maybe so for that people I, that aren't familiar or, or aren't a part of Conquer, so just the give them the cycle, Reader's Digest. Yeah. If, if this is off of Leslie's Conquer website, Conquer uh, program. The abuse cycle goes like this. Picture a clock. And at the 12 o'clock mark to three o'clock, there's absolutely zero, zero, nothing. It's a flat line in the relationship. Between three and six o'clock, that's the honeymoon phase. And that's when things are getting lovey-dovey, there's apologies made, there's amends, 
and oh, everything is just so great. And then between six and nine, there's a few issues that are popping up again, resurfacing, the tension is growing, maybe an argument, but between nine and 12 o'clock, it's completely volatile. And there's an enormous explosion. And with each cycle, the explosion can get worse and worse. And then after the explosion, then again, there's nothing. And, you know, the Christian church teaches, well, if somebody's remorseful and forgiving, you know, they're obviously taking time to think about what they've done. And then they say, I'm sorry. And then bam, you're right back into that honeymoon cycle again. Mm -hmm. They view it as the process of forgiveness. And I truly and wholeheartedly believe that a lot of um, misguided Christian helpers have mistaken the process of forgiveness for the process of reconciliation. Amen. They're yes. two completely different processes. And so that would pretty much describe my whole first marriage is it was just the constant cycle of abuse. And it um, is, it's almost like pulling out your weather app. You could pull out your marriage app and see, oh, it's about time for a blow up or he'll be bringing me to flowers tonight. myself and the kids, yes. you know, like, I think with my third child, towards the end of before I served him, I had a go bag in the car, the playpen in the car, everything I needed to put me and my kids in the car to leave. It was ready. I mean, I just, I never lived in a relaxed state. It was constant on edge. Everything was in order not because I needed perfection, but because I had to think quickly and move quickly if I needed to. And how many times did you have to use that go bag? When my first two children were very small, the emotional and physical and verbal abuse escalated to a physical incident. And I picked up the phone call and I called 911 and it was the best phone call of my life. Yes. It put the abuse on paper. Yes, exactly. And so there was a six months in a separation. That's a very brave and scary thing to do, isn't it? It was terrifying because not only did it involve our personal life, we worked for the same company. And I did I've never wanted to cast a poor light on us. Because it would impact his professional life. But, you know, people had known us for years. It was a very brave move. And so many people, you you don't want to discuss the incident because what if you do get back together and other people have harsh feelings? They don't understand that. Yes. And it's, you may be able to work through it and you might be able to reconcile and he does his work, you do your work and it never happens again or something. But those people that know about it, they're going to always judge him or there's a million different scenarios. The cost sometimes of doing the right thing is high. And yet you still say it's the best thing that you did. Explain why that was the best thing that you ever did. It was the best phone call of my life because it communicated to my husband, if you ever lay a hand on me again, you will face very high legal repercussions because I'm not afraid. 
good for you. I communicated that with my actions. And ladies who are listening, I really want you to take this lesson. And if you're in this type of a situation, to count the cost and make the call. Because you need to be the one that says there's there's no more abuse that it's going to happen in this family and our kids won't grow up in an abusive home. So I just want to commend you and recognize what a scary and yet smart phone call that was. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the type of uh, advice that you were getting from the church? I kept hearing the bit about forgiveness and that... You know, you if you're a Christian woman, you have to forgive, you have to reconcile. And I truly, truly felt like a non-person. That was when my children were young, but by the time my third child had come come around, the abuse cycle was going much faster. And it does speed up, doesn't it? It does speed up and it also escalates. And by the time oh, she was about two. An incident had happened, and I was always running interference between their my my kids' dad and them to make sure that they were not the objects of his wrath. And when the point came when I realized I can't control this, um, you know, I picked up the phone and said, "Hey, um, I need to move. Can I move home?" For a few months, this isn't safe for me and the kids. And I was out of there within 24, 36 hours. Wow. And it, it was very difficult for me and for my kids, just the negative cycle and the feeling that that they experienced growing up in, in a very uh, high tension, high stress home. Given the history of your own childhood and what a good Christian home and this wonderful marriage that you saw in your parents and, you know, even in your in-laws, I guess. And I'm sure that you assumed you were going to have the same thing. How hard was it for you to finally call the marriage dead and divorce? It took years. You know, I think about one of the things Leslie teaches the Conquer members and that is healthy people live in truth. And I remember when I had to call 911, I, I waited about two weeks before sharing with family members because the invalidation is more painful than the actual act of it. Isn't that and one true? of the family members had heard what had happened and they said, well, you're not really hurt. Oh. And I said, well, the state police are prosecuting them. So I'm sure that I'm hurt. So I was constantly. Isn't that shocking how ignorant people can be? I guess, do you have to have a broken arm for it to be abuse? I mean, what is their threshold? It's crazy. Exactly. And so I constantly got that. And even when I moved in with family for that six month separation, three states away, um, what a family member took me out for coffee in the morning. They they said, why didn't you ever tell us? We didn't know it was this bad. And I said, I said, 
what are you talking about? I told everybody when I called police four years ago. What did they say? This is why I still have a relationship with them. The tears just came down their face. And they said, we're so sorry we didn't listen. And that's why I have a relationship with that family member. But I think it's so difficult for people to see how destructive a relationship is. And I believe they just slip right into that denial. And as loud as I say, this is happening, or look at this, or can't you see, or can't you hear me? People just don't want to see it. I think it's hard to see it when it's somebody that they love too, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, and on one hand, when you're married to someone that's a church Sunday school teacher or the door greeter. Or sometimes or it's they the work, pastor. They work with the pastor. And the right. pastor says, oh, well, he never really hurt you, did he? That was what one pastor said to me. And when I went to him, when things were escalating, I said, things are getting really bad. And he goes, oh, well, he didn't really hurt you, did he? And I looked at him and I said, you sh- do you want to see the 911 phone call? And I got up to leave. That pastor was obviously ignorant, not saying he's a bad person or your family member. There are so many people that are just so ignorant and really truly believe that if you don't have a black eye you're not abused it's wrong and i think that what's so sad is that the church and and christian women in general are even telling themselves i have to stay in this marriage because i don't have a black eye or i don't have a broken arm and that is false it is false teaching it is wrong it is not god's will for you to stay and whether it's coercive control or um financial abuse, emotional abuse. Not that you always end up having divorce is not always the answer, but I can tell you what's not the answer is to continue to prop him up and let him continue to abuse you. And unfortunately, that's what family members do sometimes. That's what pastors and church counselors and things do sometimes. And it it does, it needs to stop. And I I'm sorry, Jennifer, that you experienced that. And yet I think that everybody listening is clapping for you because you had enough gumption to say, you know what, why don't you just listen to that 911 call and walk out? And so many women don't have that self-confidence. So I applaud you. You know, also part of the ingredient of not of people not hearing or seeing what's going on is I have to own my own piece of that. Mm. I wanted that marriage to work out more than anything else, too. I wanted it so bad. And one of the things that I tell my adult children is I said, I talk to them about having healthy relationships, that that's what really matters. I said, we, we had cars, we had the house, the jobs the kids, the yard, everything. Mm -hmm. But we did not have a healthy pattern of relating to one another. And that's why we, we dissolved. 
Do you wonder whether your marriage is just difficult or if it's actually destructive? Leslie has a quick start guide that will help you answer that question. Not only that, if you find your marriage is in the destructive category, this guide will give you concrete biblical answers on your next steps. Go to lesliewernick.com forward slash start to get your free quick start guide. And please know this, you are seen, you are heard, and friend, you are valued. The issues in your first marriage were completely different than those in your second. So maybe you didn't recognize abuse or an abusive pattern when here's this romantic guy who's love bombing you and telling you all the things that you maybe didn't hear in your first marriage. What were the things that you now know, looking back, were abusive? Well, what do I know now? Well, I know now why Jesus talks about money in the Bible more than any other topic, because you can tell who a person is by the way they store their money. And I had no idea what it meant to get married to someone who just would take financial risks, had no regard for how the financial decisions that they made or brought into the family impacted us. And he didn't communicate the decisions he was making either, did he? Um, sometimes he would, it would be like, um, Hey, you know, in my first marriage, I went bankrupt, but that's because my, my wife left me and I was stuck with all these kids, you know, it was all someone else's fault. It's always the ex-wife or the ex-girlfriend's fault. Yes. Yes. It, it was all that fault. And it really was a treacherous divorce. It was very nasty and ugly. And that indeed did happen. Yeah. However, it, it's like, you know, so now, you know, I just, you know, I'm barely making it and look at what I've tried to do with, you know, my kids and I'm trying to, you know, I've rebuilt their lives. I'm there's, I'm there's stability in their life because mom has run off. And, um, you know, after we were married, you know, I didn't think anything about it of, hey, you know, I've, I've been in business for almost two decades, but I haven't been able to participate in this online way to develop business. Would you want to sign up for the membership? Mine is destroyed because of the first marriage problems. And, you know, no problem. You know, if that helps your business out. Sure. No problem. That sounds reasonable. And I remember on one of our big um, seasonal promotions, I had walked into the store and I'm standing in the store and I know that I'm not on any of his business papers, tax ID numbers, none of that. And I'm like, wow, the store is filled in one building with boxes. I could barely walk through the store. And gee, my name is written on every one of our boxes. I thought, gee, that's a little odd. And then when I went to our storage unit, from the bottom to the top of the ceiling were boxes of merchandise 
And every one of those boxes had my name on it. And that is when I realized he had used my credit to float his business. And my my name was responsible on paying back all of those things that his business was what really- What did that with. feel like, Jennifer? I mean, that, that realization, what well, was that like? It, you know, he. I remember him saying- Hey, this would really help us make more money. And this 25% increase in business is going to be exactly what we need for you to be able to quit your job of 16 years. And then you can do part-time home and part-time work or whatever you want to do. And I remember that moment realizing I would have never signed that piece of paper because I there there had to have been at least 50,000 or more dollars worth of money's paid out debt on my end and and you know at the time by this time we had gotten married blended families and it's the same aha moment i had um i had lived in my home for years and you know he would say oh i'd say did you cover the mortgage you know, has that been paid? Oh, yes, yes, it's been paid. Yes, it's been paid. And I would keep getting phone calls that hadn't been paid. And so I would stay on it saying, the bill hasn't been paid. I need this bill paid. And finally, I quit getting calls. And I thought, you know, that's great. All the bills are getting paid. And one day I got home and thank goodness, I got home to intercept the mail before anybody else did. And there was a foreclosure note on my house. <gasps> and oh when I called goodness. my mortgage company, I said, what is going on? And they said, oh, well, the phone, I said, why haven't you contacted me directly? They said, well, this office number has been replaced with your personal number. So it'd go to the office manager of the business he operated or to his personal number. So I would not be getting those phone calls. And so when I said, well, what's going on to, to my husband? I said, why aren't these bills getting paid? Well, apparently some of the kids had ran the phone bill up to seven and $800. That was during the time you only have so much uh, internet services. Right. And he was laughing, you know, one month it was 900, the next month it was 700, the next month it was 400. I could not believe it. But by this point, I'm trying to think, you know, do how do I salvage the marriage? Is the marriage salvageable? Is and it that's not? the thing is that there's such a breach of trust there because you've realized it's not only that he, it's not like he just forgot a bill or whatever, but he literally was trying to deceive you by changing the number so that they couldn't even contact you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is such a breach of trust. What did that feel like to you as you're trying to decide, is this salvageable? I could see where you would think, I don't know that it is. Well, by this time, you've got to remember that we were being approached by our church to possibly take over our church. Oh, and so during all this time, we were hearing, I was hearing, oh, this is spiritual warfare attacking your family. 
I don't know that the devil took out that At the loan. same time, I was too afraid to mention to anybody in leadership, hey, I just discovered this. I mean, I was just piecing these things together. And finally, um, a couple within our church, not within our church, but within our denomination, she had agreed to meet with me as a mentor. And I started meeting with her for about three hours every once a week. And she was like, Hey, don't you like having your own money, just your own to go shopping? And I go, I don't have a cent to my name. And so she helped me start discovering that I had a right to this money. And, um, you know, she was part of what helped me confront the deception that we had and uh, the church leadership did indeed get involved. And it was amazing because he wouldn't listen to anybody. Not even the church leadership. No, no, at least three senior pastors. And so, you know, leaving that, uh, that marriage was, was, uh, it was a very difficult thing because I had been, hook line thinker that this Mm. is a godly husband this is a godly man this is a businessman to realize that he used my credit did it come into play this would be a second divorce and and oh yeah what kind of things are you telling yourself there the stigma of being divorced twice and you know my mentor's husband who walked, they both walked through this process with me. And so did the other senior pastor and his wife. I'm so glad. I'm glad that you had positive people there for you during this time. I joined a Bible study for the first time in seven years because I just finished graduate school. I have some time open and one of the members in the class, they don't know anything about my history, but she said, well, it's so good that we have Christian counselors because I'm just so sick of all those secular counselors telling women to get divorced. I just looked at her and I said, excuse me. And I went to the bathroom. I don't know what context she's coming to yes. say that from. Well, and you know, there is a point where she she does have a point because sometimes the world tells you to get divorced if you're just not feeling it, you know, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. So Well, and what I've learned in Conquer is how to articulate that. And typically I respond to that, thanks to Conquer, is, you know, I know by experience that divorce was not only my best option, but it was my only option with both marriages. And that usually people just sit with that. What were you struggling with as far as making that decision to leave again? I think because it was financial, emotional, psychological abuse, it was very hard to put my finger on it. And uh, my mother was in Brazil. I couldn't contact her. And I I called one of her friends that had known me all my life who knew I had been working for free for seven years. Oh, Well, it didn't start out that way. It's all start out paying you more than what you made at your other company. And then it just disappeared. And I found out 
I said, well, where's my paycheck? He goes, well, I, I, I had to quit paying you. I couldn't pay my bills. You know, I mean, it just would just disappear. So the promise would start out. And this family member, she said, Jennifer, anyone that has his wife work never pays her and she never has money for gas, groceries, or doctor bills. That is abuse. Amen. And she said, he is abusing you today. And, you know, when women leave a destructive marriage, it is the most dangerous time for them. Yes. And God had told me I'd been to my lawyer. I had that legal bubble ready to go down on me. And the Lord knew I needed a diversion the day that the serving took place. And during that night, a thunderstorm came and a tree branch fell in front of our shop door and it could barely be opened. And there was raining and storming and a neighbor called me at five in the morning saying, hey, your store's been hit. The police have been staying there. Come on down. So I left early. And as I was fixing my way through the branches to the front door of the store, and the store wasn't damaged at all, but the, the tree fell right in front of the door. I have the most beautiful picture of it. It was enough of a diversion that allowed me to get get things packed up, ruled up, and out until that legal no trespass bubble had been put down over me and my property. Now, I want to get to this exciting part of your life because okay me too because this is such a so much I mean one divorce is devastating and leaves a wake of destruction in its path and emotions and things to work through and then to go through it twice I mean a lot of women would be debilitated honestly well and this is what conquer yes this is where you you found conquer I, I believe it was after your divorce correct it was, no, it was in the last year of my divorce. I started in the listening last year. to Conquer. Okay. And at that point, the ministry was fairly young. And uh, Leslie did a book review once a month. And the month I joined was the book on Breaking Night by Liz Murray. And it was about our one precious life. And it was, and Leslie would talk, you can have an owner's mindset and own your life. And figure out what has God put you here for? Or are you going to spend it on this crazy cycle that's going on and on? And that's when I started thinking about how financially devastated I could be at this point in my life. I've got to be able to put my kids, be in a position to help my kids get through school and get myself to the next stage. And I was like, I've got to get serious about this. So when she introduced the the your big hairy audacious goal, yes, this is B B H A G. Yeah, the B hag and the bog. And Leslie did a thirty mile marathon run, and I decided I was going to go back to school. And, and for everybody who's thinking Leslie's crazy, I would agree. But yes. she did. She did a thirty mile marathon run and. She's not 30 years old. No, no. And she had to deal with a bronchial infection during the time. And she still did it. And um, 
So I, I had to think I'm going to have obstacles. How do I want to do this? And it was a very slow process. Um, I had to test out of two classes to get into an online two-year program to finish my mass, my bachelor's. And I did it. The way I finished my bachelor's was one class at a time, one week at a time, one assignment at a time. Lots of tears. Yeah. And that was tough. And that's the thing is that I want people to know this because, you know, in Conquer, whether you're in Conquer or not, you know, setting these big, hairy, audacious goals, they are big and they are scary and they're not easy. And this was not easy for you at all. No, nope. I had loaned husband number two a substantial amount of money on my house. And so I, in order for me to continue on, on this path, I sold everything I had and relocated to a place where my kids were established in their schools. I had a great community support. And I also chose to do what I wanted to do, which was I wanted to stay in school. And I found a scholarship opportunity that helped me with my living expenses through that time and provide support. And for me to do the profession I wanted to do, I also had to get my master's degree as well as license. So that was another three years. And um, let's just stop and think <laughs> about that because three another three years of financially investing the time that it took to do these assignments, plus you've got kids because you're a single mom at this point, or you're in the process of becoming. And so it's one thing to just talk about your story, but when you really stop and think about the day-to-day -day of what you did, I mean, honestly, it makes me emotional. And I think that's why when I saw your comment and I realized that you did this, I wanted people to hear your story, Jennifer. And I want people who are listening today to understand that they can do it too. That you don't, you weren't born with a cape, but you, you stuck it through. Finish telling what ended up happening through this time for you. With each assignment, it was so painful because when you're involved in traumatic relationship interaction, the part of your brain that writes is cut off. Mm. And learning how to articulate that again is a painful process. Very painful. That's not so, something I knew. Interesting. When you're involved in a destructive relationship pattern with anybody, the part of your brain that is able to articulate and make decisions and process your next few steps, those sort of things. There's a disconnect because you live in survival mode only. And so because of school, I had to push through that with every single assignment. It's not because I went to school that I got smart. No, it's because I went to school. I learned how to exercise that muscle. And it's still difficult for me to write things down. But I am so much clearer on what is my point? What do I want to make 
clear. What do I want to communicate? You know, my journey through school, that's been the hardest part. But the neat thing too, is I went to um, a school that they had a spiritual formation course and it was like, they wanted us to develop our identity. And from that, I realized I want to be a present moment person. I want to live in the future. I want to be mission-minded. I want to know where I'm going. And then I also want to be prepared for where I'm going. And, you know, I mean, like I just said that to you in 30 seconds, but that was probably a nine-week class that I spent 40 hours on. Wow. And that's, that's the thing is that, you know, you hear these stories and it's just a quick little story or a quick podcast, but there is so much more behind this. And, and yet you stuck, you stuck it through without people necessarily cheering you on. You're exactly right. And I am so passionate about wanting to be in a profession where I can encourage women. And there are men that are in destructive relationships as well. Yes. Encourage anybody from shifting, from feeling like I'm stuck in this victim position to being an owner of their life. Where, where are you at today? Where am I at today? I am at the end of obtaining a master's of science in clinical mental health. I am a licensed associate counselor, which means I'm licensed by the state. And after these six grand years of school, I get to work for 3,000 hours before I'm fully licensed. And I have accepted a position um, in community mental health. I am so excited because I'm going to be able to work with a lot of people that are in more than likely poverty-stricken situations that need to learn what are my strengths? What can I do with the gifts I've got? How can I get from this step to the next step? And it doesn't have to be like it was before. I don't have to perpetuate the abuse or the poverty or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. it can stop with you and and something different can happen. And it's amazing because I'll be able to work a job where I can financially sustain myself as well as extend the appropriate amount of help to my adult children who are forging their own way through school and apprentices. I think it's so amazing. When I read that you had done this, I just thought, wow, I just want people to hear this story of this woman who has been through so many different types of abuse and two marriages and, you know, in the church. And yet it didn't go the way it should have gone for you. And yet God is redeeming all of that in your life through a lot of tears and hard work. Yes. But I guess, you know, where Romans eight twenty eight comes in is he will take all this crap that's not the word I should say, but, but you know, where he takes God. all of this stuff and, yes. and he will bring about good. Yes. 
it's my favorite verse. It's where I have coffee in the morning. It says, he has taught me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Yes. And the other verse I've been meditating on is Proverbs 24, 16, where it says, a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Life is not about falling, not falling. We're going to fall. The successful people are those who get up and go again. And I'm good at getting back up. And you know what? You may fall again. Yes. I plan on it. Just because you get up. Well, I mean, what I mean is, you know, you went through two divorces. It's not like I get up and and now everything's going to be great. I mean, but you you continue to get up and he's there for you. And I just want women who are listening to know that we're there for you too. Leslie, that conquer so many resources. And you took advantage of not just conquer, but talk about some of the other resources that you took advantage of to kind of help you through some of this. Oh, well, there's a ton of resources I have, but while I was in conquer, I listened and listened and listened. I learned the six different steps of the conquer program. And I want you to know, I still sit with my big conquer notebook and my devotions that and then I did the walking and core strength classes. And by the time I did empowered to change, a family member also signed me up to do coaching. And I got to do that with Leslie. And that was where the ch- I had built that my big circle enough in the strength of the Lord. I was able to see clearly the woman of God he's called me to be. I'm and just, not who I thought I was or who did, others have labeled me as. I think that's such an important point. Say some words that would describe what you were thinking about yourself or maybe that other people before, would say. Yeah. Before, um, my, I wrote a poem in 2008, and I'm going to say it slowly. And I want you to think about okay. each word because this was how I described myself at that time. Scared, seeking, stretched, void and unworthy, too scared to jump, fly, or be me, favoring approval and fearing family. And that has changed to I am a woman of strength and dignity. That is powerful. And those, my poem is still there because it's a part of my story. It's a part of who I've become. There are days I still feel scared, seeking, stretched. And when I do, I'm like, okay, where's your big circle? How do I want to respond to this? What does godly resistance look like so that I'm not reactively, that I'm not reacting in a in an ungodly manner? You know, those words can still be there, but they don't define who I am anymore. Yes. Is there anything else that you would want to share regarding your story or advice that you would want to share with our listeners today? Yes. And that is. 
life is going to be scary either way. How do you want it to end? Life is too short. You have been made for a purpose to glorify God. And it's a purpose where you're going to flourish. Whether you stay well or leave well, there's flourishing involved in you. And don't be afraid to flourish. Don't be afraid to flourish. And it's going to be scary either way, right? Mm -hmm. But you can flourish. You're going to pay a price either way. Don't be afraid to flourish. I don't think I can add anything more to that. I knew when I just, I'd never met you. I didn't know your name, but I just feel like God showed me that comment you wrote. And I knew that people needed to hear your story and your encouragement. And I hope dear listener, that you are encouraged today. Thank you for being with us, Jennifer. Thank you too. And I'm just, it's such a privilege to be a part of a body of women that some days we feel so alone, but I know that we're not because of our community. Amen. And you know, for our listeners, whether you're part of Conquer or not, we care. And there is always something happening in the Leslie Vernick team. Just go to the website and sign up, join whatever's going on. We would love to surround you and be with you. Thank you for listening to Relationship Truth Unfiltered. If you need clarity on whether your marriage is difficult, disappointing, or destructive, go to leslievernick.com forward slash start for Leslie's free quick start guide. It's totally private and will help you get clear on your next step. Again, that's leslievernick.com forward slash start. Until next time, may God bless your relationships with him, with yourself, and with others.